clear. We are the weirdos. I am God. What? I tried to warn her. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Otterion. It is a special bonus episode. Here I am, your co-host Jordan Hershiola. And reporting to you live from a giant pit of squishmallows. I am your other co-host, Sam Weinman. It's important that Sam does not just using that. That's not a bit. We are in a pit of squishmallow stuffed animals. I refer to this as the squish pit. It's literally what it is, yeah. We have filled the living room with squishmallows for my birthday, Mm -hmm. and we didn't take them out. And (laughs) if you had experienced the squish pit, you wouldn't either. It's like, so guys, if you've ever been, you know, like, you know how McDonald's always had like ball pits? Mm. So imagine a ball pit, but replace all the balls with squishmallows between the sizes of five and 24 inches. Yeah, that's it. It's not more elaborate than that. The name is the definition. Yep. And it is, it's heaven. <laughs> it's it's extremely comfortable. And it is, it is where we report to you with our experience on, I said it's a bonus episode because we are watching a new release. It you is, guys hate when we do new releases, right? Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants current, nobody, only, people only want to dive into the archives. They only want B movies. They only want cult movies. They hate when we do Scream. They hate when we do Scream, famously, especially Scream <laughs> 3 and 4. Um, but now we've got we've got a new one in the Pantheon. We've got Scream 6. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. Already a legend. I, I saw this uh, once at a, a slightly advanced screening, and I was like, oh, that was so fun. And I had a really good time. And then I saw it again, and it was with Sam, and I was like, oh, I fucking love that, actually. By the way, an advanced screening, which I was not able to attend because I got strep throat. How yeah. fucked up is that? Sam was supposed to be there. Have you ever cried over not being able to go to a movie? <laughs> I have. You were sick, you were in a weakened state, and you were missing Scream 6. It was, it killed me. I I, I texted my boyfriend, and I was like, Jordan's at Scream right now. <laughs> Sorry, bud. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's There's it. not really much you could say. No, that's... That that's... is really... This is it. And I'm in bed with some <laughs> antibiotics. But on the other side of that strep, and then a couple of other things. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a rough recovery. Here mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, this is a return to form for and Sam. And we got to do it together. It was... I'm so glad that we both saw... That we saw five and six together. Mm-hmm. And it was my second, it was my first time seeing it on your second time for five. And now we have revolt, roll We're, reverse. It's backwards, which means I'm going to know none of the names. Yeah, that's true. Well, and a big ensemble, guys. You know, and, and it can take me a couple times to see a movie just to remember it, but I feel like <laughs> I'm going to do okay. This one left an impression because this is the first, for me, seeing this scream was like, I mean, as soon as I left, I said, mm-hmm. this is my favorite scream since scream. Yeah, you did. I, it was your immediate reaction. That this is my favorite Scream since Scream. I also there's a great joy in looking it up and seeing like this say Scream Six. Yeah. Um, on Wikipedia and then a sequel to Scream. That's the thing. I was, <laughs> I thought about that only for the first time like a week ago. I was like, wait, why didn't they just call the other one fucking Scream Five? This is Scream Six. They're not calling it Screams. Like they didn't do something. And thank God. Thank like God. I was annoyed that they didn't just call it scream five because i've always enjoyed about the scream movies that it's just been two three four yeah just no fucking cute names give me the fucking number just numbers come on guys and so yeah scream i don't want to get confused at some point like with saw i'm like wait did we end somewhere yeah isn't there one that's just like because there's like saw 3d but that's not actually three right no Saw. no i think saw 3d is like the seventh one or yeah something. it's stuff like that where it's like all right guys come on yeah and then <laughs> I, just I the book of saw which was terrible. Uh, but that's not Spiral, right? No, it is Spiral. Okay, that's the same song. one. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scream, they got it right. Mm-hmm. And by getting it right, this is the highest grossing entry in the franchise, right? It's, it's or the, the highest, it's the highest opening grossing weekend. opening. It's the biggest opening weekend yes. of the Scream franchise. And, and <clears throat> I think it's important to note that reboots have outpaced, a re- like, the, the Friday the 13th that I famously hate the 2009 Friday the 13th is actually, I think, the highest grossing opening for a Friday the 13th movie. But that was a reboot. And in the 2000s, when, like, reboots were what we did, right. for it to be the contiguous sixth entry in the contiguous mythology, where you are factoring in 
like perhaps burnout from old story, perhaps tedium, perhaps a, a, a lack of an awareness that not that only one of the of the holy trinity of scream was going to be returning for six and then there would be a whole the the new new kids cast alongside of her despite all of that it is the highest grossing opening weekend for a scream of all time amazing and they pulled an old odds trick which i love mm. but i don't think in the same way mm. in what sense which well odds trick the this is the first scream to be released in 3d but and I didn't is, even know that's that, why it's that not was the same. true, so, Sam, until you said that today. So it's not, but it's not with the same gusto of a 3D mm. push in the odds. Mm-hmm. Where I think a lot of times what we got, like like Friday the 13th was definitely released in 3D. Oh, yeah. Like all of the My movies. Bloody Valentine was Oh, my God. My Bloody Valentine 3D, 3D was in the title. Yeah, yeah. You it know, was like a, Final Destination throw the 3. Axe at the camera. Yes. Like, come, come show up because this is what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, but this is like, this was like, hey, if you want to see it in 3D, guys, you might be able to find it showing at 1 p.m. Right, right. Like that, <laughs> yeah. that happened, right? Yeah. Um, so it did, so I don't think it like really bolstered the box office like no. the old ones did. No. But it happened, and mm-hmm. I think that's very odds, and I had to bring it up. No, I, I, and I, I, listen, our job here is to, is to make these connections, is to tie these threads together. The other big odds connection, the soundtrack. Ugh. Having a song, first off, Demi Lovato singing a creed song demi Lo- it's not creed demi but- Lo- yes demi lovato being the closing credits essentially new theme track yes in 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 an in a in an era where demi lovato is having her pop punk genesis mm-hmm. I, I it's the perfect time for her where to demi lovato it. can like crucify yourself on the cover of her own album yeah like that (laughs) is where we're at yes right like this is a fun moment to have like a little what if kind of callback (laughs) (laughs) right i mean like i don't know and also just having so many there was like a needle drop that i was like what okay money what was it oh it was a Billie eilish song that's right oh my god when the party's over yeah it was by the way one of the most useless uses of when a party's over it was like <laughs> they spent that money for 30 seconds they were like we want to make it rain right now yeah we're gonna let people know that this is a sequel with a budget and as i said to sam just like the the funny cacophony at the at the beginning when they're they're when they're really flexing with the music like we hear billy eilish which i totally believe tara jenna ortega's character would be listening to in yes. her room 100 but she has come from a party where a bunch of gen z frat and like frat guys are playing the whistle song and i was like no i'm sorry the whistle no i'm sorry i might have heard the whistle song in college that is i do not believe that unless it is had a renaissance on tiktok that i do not know about i don't think that 19 and 20 year olds are listening to the whistle song at college parties now i want them to be listening to you're pretty i want that you know what i mean like i want to hear i want to hear that gay song where's that act come on guys act like you know people i think i've i think i've i know i've heard 100 gex um i couldn't tell you a thing about them but just because of i just think of them as like a perfect representation of what i don't understand as a not young young person anymore so it's like throw 100 gex on there confuse me let me know it's what the kids are listening to because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh my god, guys, about. you know what you need to know about um, Jordan and I is that we're about to go to Coachella. <laughs> yeah. Now look, I'm I'm laughing, but I have I go to Coachella. I I go to Coachella. Yeah, you go to right? Coachella. I, I I've never never been. But what's fun about this year is like, how many people do you know on the lineup? At maximum six. Same. Maximum. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't. So this is this is two just two old people. Yeah. Going to enjoy some music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to see. <laughs> As, as Dave Schilling, uh, the uh, funny man on Twitter, posted when the lineup came out, this year's Coachella lineup is a CAPTCHA to prove you're under 40. And guess who didn't pass? No, did not. I, I, I mean, I'm under 40, still didn't pass. Yeah, barely passed the CAPTCHA on that one. Love it. I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait to be in a tent surrounded by people playing beer pong. <laughs> I, I am so stoked. I'm going for the whole experience. We, we, we might, we would bump into Tara there. That's and, the age And group. you know what Tara would be listening to? When, a par- when the party's over. <laughs> yeah. And we would be like... Oh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So I love that the soundtrack actually exists in a really prominent way. Yeah. Because that is something that the old screams, like one through three, yeah, used to I, do. I like really miss a that. song would hit, and you're like, I know where I can find that the CD. Well, and there's also and 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 a through line of music throughout the franchise is obviously Red Right Hand, the song Red Right Hand. Right. And oh. they bring it back in a they they bring it back once again in a great moment in this movie. And there's actually an article about Red Right Hand 
as a piece of like franchise ephemera that's up on bloody disgusting right now that you can read about and i think we should honor red right hand so i i thought that what i i really think that this movie was a it was kind of exactly it turns out what i was hoping for without realizing it's what i was hoping for which was that the way that we ended five with sam explicitly like thanking gail and sydney for everything that moment in the the very end they're outside of Stu's house it's the resolution Gail and Sydney are sitting uh, on the back of an ambulance and Sam walks up to them and does that like very sort of meta acknowledgement. She's like, thank you for everything. Like, you know, essentially for this franchise. And that what I was hoping was like, okay, I love the second half of five, the whole movie. It's uneven for me, but I, I really enjoy it. Um, but it feels like they got the hard work out of the way in five of doing a new origin story. And I can't wait for them to hit the ground running with six now that we've built all that ground underneath us. And it turns out that's exactly what happened. And I was so happy to have it feel that collegiality that I wanted from the new class really felt like it gelled in six. And I felt once again, as is my metric for a screen movie successfulness, like I was hanging out with my friends. So I went back and listened to at least like the first half of our Scream 6 predictions episode. Mm, okay, yeah. What <laughs> is that curious. like? It was pretty on target. I mean, I, there's a moment in the beginning where it's like, God, I hope 6, we had this conversation. Yep. And it was like, I just really want to hang out with my friends mm-hmm. in part 6. Like, I want my new, I want to hang out with my new friends. I want to hang out with my new friends. And that is exactly what this movie did. It does. Before we dive in too much, because Bloody Disgusting just reminded me, mm. the Rondos. Oh, yeah. Friends. This podcast yeah. is, is nominated for an award. Yeah, a, a Rondo. Rondo Award, apparently. And Thanks, gang. Yeah, so whoever nominated us, thanks a lot. Yeah. That's really nice of you. Um, I think it's a, a popularity contest. <laughs> oh, and fantastic. So, which means we'll win. I hope so. I would like to I would like no, to I, but, I would like to get competitive about that. Well, let's do it. I, I would like to get competitive but about it. But if we're gonna that, get competitive about it, we need help. That's yeah. So because it is one of those things where in order to vote, you vote, I think, by email. Oh, oh my god, god, I should have read this ahead of time. Yeah, I don't know. There's any like of the an rules, email. So ballot. I have nothing to say. Whatever, guys, here, listen. If you don't know what it is, go Google it. Yeah. Rondo, because listen, we don't know. Nope, don't know. Not at all. Google it, go find out, and then vote for us. Yeah. And then have somebody else who that you like vote for us. Yeah. It would just be fun to say award-winning podcast odds I, mean, I, I I would like to win. If we're going to keep having award-winning guests. Yeah. Like Emerald Fennell. Yeah. Academy uh, it, award-winning. Yeah, Emerald Fennell, the recognition for this podcast that it deserves. Yes. By having her on it. Yeah. Like let's read, let's let Emerald Fennell know she came on an award-winning podcast. Yes. Yeah. I think that's important. Because she won an Oscar. Yeah. So yeah. But I'll see you on the other side when yeah, we've won. Yeah, when we've won. Um, and, you know, entering further into our wonderful, wonderful archive here now with Scream 6, I I felt like we we got our friends this time. The core four. The core four. The core four are intact. What a great rhyme. The core four are intact. And s- such an essential thing that I love about the Scream movies that is so incredibly important to me that just no other franchise does is that it is about a pair of women getting each other through all of these situations. Like the odd couple of Sydney and Gail plus Dewey, like they got each other through every crisis. And it meant that Sydney did not have to be everything to everybody. It meant that Gail didn't have to be nicer than she actually was. It meant the two of them could be fully themselves and inhabit this universe completely as their characters, instead of being like a half service version of both. And now what we have again with Sam and Tara, the sisters, I feel like it is giving us that same dynamic that is so, that is unique to and so special about Scream of just like two gals supporting each other and like taking care of each other. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that really, really matters to me that that's still in place. Well, and I think that, I think it matters to the series. Like it makes, it's why people show up. Yeah. It's the same kind of feedback that I find myself giving franchises like Halloween, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, if in the trailer we're going to get a bunch of women mm-hmm. and the promise is these women are going to fight together yeah. and have each other's backs and exist, right, in a way that supports one another. And then we, we go see the movie and we show up and it's like the movie's about a man. Yeah. It's always – we've been getting a lot of bait and switch lately. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking nice showing up to Scream and having it be exactly what it was what was advertised and yeah. better. And, and, and better. And it I, – I was so – excited for how Melissa Barrera delivered in the fight in the closing run of scream five. She really kicked into kicked into gear. I feel like it, everything really locked in when she finally got to be an aggressor, when she finally got to be dangerous. Yes. 
What about my ending? And she was ferocious and I thought that was fantastic and it felt like it took the movie to kind of get her to that point before she really was able to sink her teeth into the part. But I felt like the Sam that we got for all of six picked up from where that left off and I loved Melissa Barrera in this movie. Yeah, me too. And you know, you know, you know I was on the fence in the last one. No, yeah, it it was, it was. Until the, until the third act. Yeah, yeah. Third act Melissa, here for it. Like. Yeah, damsel in distress Melissa was not, was not it. No. And but like and like self hating. Am I a serial killer genetically? No. This Melissa, mm-hmm. this Lissa, yeah, that rocks. I'm here for it. Yeah, this is she is it. Yeah, this is like it was like oh my god from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And okay, but actually we should start at the beginning really quick because I I I really enjoy the intro. Yeah, this is a this is a great scream open. This is a good place to get into it because mm-hmm. it's a killer. There's a murder. Uh, are, <laughs> Our good friend, Laura Crane. Yes, our good friend, Laura Crane. Professor Laura Crane. Played by uh, emergent icon, Samara Weaving. And it's like, by the way, do we, does anybody ever mention her name? No, Sam read it to me off the IMDb a moment ago. I had no idea her name was Laura Crane. But like with a name like that, how do we not bring it up on a podcast? I mean, she certainly, in that incredible silhouette of a dress that she was wearing, um, she looked like a Laura Crane. Oh my God. She was dressed for that date like a Laura Crane. It was a very, and, and that moment felt so real, like her being like, it's this person that's late. Mm-hmm. And, and like, oh my God, all the things that I hate about like online dating. <laughs> and it's like, wow, this feels very real. Um, also, God, I cannot imagine, like the guy that's actually showing up really would have had a catfish Samara. I, though date, I, when, so. she, when he, cause when he calls, we see a photo of him come up on her screen and it was like, Oh yes, I absolutely believe this woman would be settling for someone who absolutely is not in her league. Yeah. Sure. That I makes mean, sense. Cause I mean, he's a man who's interested. You know what? That is heteroculture. Yep. It's <laughs> that, that does remind me like that is like every hot girl that I know in LA. <laughs> You you really go is. you meet their boyfriend and you're like, huh? huh. <laughs> Just like that. Wow. Just like that. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. All they gotta do is be a man. All you gotta do is be a man. That's wild. Yeah. And they, it doesn't have to even be much. But they don't have to have a job sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They could come with like a past life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I a friend of mine. Uh, his boyfriend still lived with his past life. His roommate was his ex girlfriend. Love it. You if you are a hot if you are a hot successful women mm. we know your secret <laughs> we know we know who you're meeting up with at the bar and that's why when she walks out the door to be like oh is it a red building i'm like oh no i no. you this is who she is this is who she is oh she, my god her friends hated her whatever whoever whoever her last ex was so much because she could have done better everybody's she like laura done, yeah laura in get math. it you look you teach a very successful film class yeah. at a college that that is paying you way too much to be there. Right. Look at the gown you're wearing to your date. Yeah. Like, Laura, oh, why? Fuck. Please, for the love of God, Laura, if this guy doesn't know where he is, don't walk into an alley and yeah. try and find him. And, and, and she's like, I won't, I won't. Don't give him directions, Laura. Don't, like, let him fucking find the place. If he can't find the place, if he can't then, find it, then don't date him. He's not for man. you. He, he is not the guy. No. But Laura is a hot, successful woman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. God so damn it. Couldn't help herself. Couldn't help herself, so she lets she allows herself really to be lured into an alleyway, which I love because in New York there are no alleys. <laughs> so this is a big thing for me because in in Jason Takes Manhattan, yeah, it, we know it takes it has two locations: a cruise ship, a boat, uh, yeah, and then like an alley boat and an alleyway, right? Like the, the alley system yeah. of New York, <laughs> yeah, right? The, the great alley, system. the alley network. Um, and and so it's like there are no. That's the thing. There are no actual alleys, right? <laughs> there are streets that go through buildings, but we don't, there are no alleys. <laughs> this doesn't, it's not a thing. So it's like to have a big gaping, like, is there a shortcut through this alley? And she looks over. So it's like, wow. Yeah. They're in Montreal. Yeah. Or I don't know. You know <laughs> no, well, actually, was, they might actually be. actually is, uh, I think somebody, because po- uh, I've got to say, guys, the stupidest fucking um critique i've heard of this movie is people being like it doesn't even feel like new york city they didn't ew, use ew, your ew, no. go to hell and so then i saw somebody tweet, they were like why do you give a shit about whether or not this was in new york city this was the most montreal ass looking movie i have ever seen <laughs> yeah well and okay and this is what gets me excited about it though this is fully coming back to jason because 
all of Jason Takes Manhattan takes place in alleys. So yeah. for the opening, Kill to be in a fucking alley yeah. as a horror fan, I'm losing my mind. It was in because an I'm alley. Like, this is in a amazing. great classic alley. And killed by a character named Jason. Jason. Tony Revolori playing Jason immediately takes off his mask, and we're like, yeah. "Oh, this is a fun twist." We get a we get a kill that really really reestablishes that this is going to be violent in the way that Scream Five was was extra violent compared to the rest of the it franchise. Is a brutal, horrible kill, yeah. and he, we we hang on his face on the mask, him leaning over looking at her dead body for longer than we should, and then he just fully takes it off. We unmask Ghostface yep. immediately, and it's like, "Oh, where is this going?" Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that piece, especially because when they go back to his apartment, what's on the TV? Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah. And so I'm like, ah, yeah. okay, this is all like, it feels like a nice hug. And I know that you're not the biggest fan of Easter eggs. Yeah. So <laughs> I know that all of this thousands, does I'm the nothing for Jordan Cruciola. Yeah, no, that's fine though. Sam Wyman over here? Yeah, it doesn't take away from my experience. Very excited. Yeah. Also very excited that Laura Crane and I taught the same class. Laura Crane, well, <laughs> great, a great company to keep, Laura Crane. I we I, I miss her already. I do, I miss her. And I do have a question about her. Mm. And so uh, maybe maybe people, the, the listeners, can answer. Because later, in oh. speaking of Easter eggs, because mm-hmm. I don't want to bring it, you know, let, let's just dump them all here. Because yeah. <laughs> not going to be a huge part of the conversation. Sure. but. She shows up, or the bride from Ready or Not shows up on the subway mm-hmm. in the subway scene with all the different characters. Like, there's the Babadook, and the girl that walks by, it looks like Samara Weaving dressed as her character in Ready or Not. But I don't know if it's actually her, because we only get to see the profile. Yeah. And it's just for a split second, so I don't know. Could be well, her. If it, well, if it's not her, and it looks enough like her to be mistaken for her, then they clearly intentionally needed... Like, they were like, we are casting for, like, must look like this. Yes. Like, they found a, they found a Samara alt. Yeah. Because it was meant to invoke the, very specifically the Ready or Not character. So either way, that's that's intentional. And there is like a really nice like babysitter love of mine knowing that she and um, Jenna Ortega are in the same movie again. <laughs> Even if they don't share a scene. Yes. That's pretty lovely. I, I, I mean, and Jenna Ortega. What a star. What a star. This is a, this is a, this is a mighty talent. The, the, her, her, her deftness with both, like, with, 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 uh, with, with the whole range. I mean, to be oh terrified, God. to be, to be sociopathically detached, to be fun-loving and party girl, and to be emotionally ruined over the codependency that her sister is trying to foster with her. Like, to be in love and giddy and girly. Like, I love every mode of Jenna Ortega that I get to see. I agree. We get to it's see. It's so impressive. She has. She creates chemistry with every Everyone. person she shares a scene with. And honestly, that is you like having watched just a little bit of press that she's done, and how she seems to be able to create that with her co-stars as well. Just like in a in a rollout setting, I think Jenna Ortega is just charisma for fucking days. It is what makes she's her a star. She's a star. It's what makes her so magical to watch. Throughout this entire film. There's yeah. never a dull her moment. No. So it's like, it is a relief when we're in, it's Halloween, which I love. I love Scream on Halloween. Yeah, that was, that was smart. Hallow Scream. Smart. Yeah. Scream 6, Hallow Scream. Yeah. <laughs> Screamed in New York. You know? <laughs> Scream in New York. Um, I, I just, it's, it, so for it to land on her face when she's like dressed as a pirate or whatever, yeah. walking down the street, I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. Give it to me. This is who I want to follow on Halloween. Well, and she, uh, and you know, just, she's so... Every, like, whenever I see her on screen, everything I watch her do, she just feels so lived in. And, like, there's a line in which she, because we, we kind of come to her at a frat party where she's just, she's ready to have a fucking night. And she's being very surveilled kind of by everybody in her life to protect her and watch out for her. And, because she is the smallest. And, you know, horrible things happen to her and Sam. But, like, it's clear Mindy's watching out for her. Chad's watching out for everybody. Our good of, friends Mindy and Chad are back. Mindy and Chad, the twins are they back. Have- They've all gone to New York together, and unlike Scream 2, yeah. I believe it. Yeah, I believe all of I'm these like, kids. I'm like, no, they, they went together. They went together. They they wanted to go to the school. They're excited to be in New York, New York City. You know there are a bunch of California kids who are like, I just feel like New York is maybe more me. Yeah. Like, they're they're doing that thing. Love it. And so they're at this party, and, and she gets asked by the guy who's, like, pulling her up to his room, and he's clearly got bad intentions. You know how you know they have bad intentions? That frat boy is always going to look 30. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's he's the guy who's been in the house way too many years. Uh-huh. 
He's, he might not even be in the frat. Yeah, he feels very graduated. And he's like, so are you that girl from California where there all those murders happen? She goes, no, that's a different pirate. And it's just like the way she just like rolls that line off of her, like it is so casual. So it's to almost like be resisting that it's a laugh line, but it's so expertly delivered that it's a perfect laugh line. It's perfect. And she, I love also when she gets asked like, so where are you from? And she's like, there's that beat pause and she just, Kansas. Like she, no, Michigan. She just doesn't want to fucking deal with it. She's yeah. trying not, she is. Well, and, and what a state to choose to not get asked more questions. Michigan. <laughs> now, I have nothing against Michigan. I would But have, like, I there would... are no follow-ups. <laughs> I mean, I would, there oh, would be if it was Michigan. me. If it was me, I'd be like, uh, d- what do you know about the UFO that just got shot out of the sky over <laughs> Michigan? Like, let's talk. But I get it. Yeah. But she's like, this guy's clearly, like, this guy's clearly awful. And it, it's, it's, I felt like it did such a great job of establishing the dynamic that they have in this part of their lives where she starts, Tara starts getting pulled up the stairs by this guy. And as we see her exiting the room with him, we see Mindy and Annika and, and Mindy and Annika's her girlfriend and Mindy's like, uh, oh no, I don't like that. And they like immediately mobilize to, Annika goes up to her and is like, hey, you ready to go home, Tara, maybe? And she's like, Tara's like, no, actually like I'm, I'm going to keep partying. Um, if you guys want to go, that's, that's fine. And she's clearly like trying to assert her independence and then they, like, as she's halfway up the stairs, they run up to Chad, and they're like, Chad, we need you. And he le- leaves mid-conversation. He doesn't give a shit about what he's standing and doing. He doesn't give a shit about anything. Suddenly, he knows exactly what's being called upon. He's going to, he's going to get Tara. Chad, who is shirtless, dressed as a cowboy, yeah. yelling at another cute boy to get each other excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> to go hit on girls. I was... Well, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> I was going to say, Sam is omitting from the, I, from the Well, scene. no, but that's not... But it, it, that's introduced... After the excited moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they're like, because at first. They're bros being bros. Because the point, it, for me, it felt very like, oh, is well, yeah. he also queer? Well, nothing's gayer than and a straight then, man. And then immediately it's taken back and I'm like, oh. Nothing's gayer than a straight man. Guys, just let him be let him be a little bit queer in the Please, <laughs> please. The franchise has its lesbian. I, 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 I'm holding out hope feels too dangerous. Just give us a little bit. Let him have like one fucking boyfriend. It's 2023. Everybody has one boyfriend. <laughs> Everybody like, but me. Yeah. <laughs> but you could. I, I could. <clears throat> I could. No, and... it's just, you know, I, I, at this point, come on. <clears throat> okay, but it's fine. So seeing him go after her up yeah. the stairs in that like protective mode. Yeah. What's fun is we get to see everybody be exactly who they are. Yes. And it's like, oh, our friends are back. Yeah, our friends are back. And they're... And they feel more like each other's friends than they did in the first movie. We feel the bond between them. Uh, and he, like, he, the, like, shitty guy, he's pulling Tara away. And he starts pulling on her too hard, at which point she stops rebelling and is like, don't let me go. Like, don't fucking touch me. And that's when Chad pulls him down the stairs. And that's when we get our wonderful Sam arrival at the party. Just left therapy. Yeah. Um, where she's given us a long recap yeah. of what just happened in a still very interesting way. Yeah. So I was like, hey, way to go, guys. And so that bullshit tweet that was floating around, like, oh, God. This, or that what, what was it? It was either a critical review or something where it's like, oh, at this point, you don't even, you can't even just watch the movie. You have to have seen them all to understand what's going on. That's fucking bullshit. All you needed yeah, to do was I go to therapy with, some, with Sam. And, and then you're like, oh, that's what happened in the last movie. There is a moment in every Scream movie where they explain exactly why it connects to the previous Scream movies. Yep. So they give you, it's like when you watch Saw and the end of a Saw movie is recapping the whole movie in 30 seconds. Yeah. The person they do who, that every time. If you missed it, sorry, you were texting at the movie theater. Like yeah. just watch the movie. <laughs> right. Like in Scream 3, it is, it is perhaps the most like labyrinthine that the movie gets. But like, it's like, so this is Maureen. Sydney's mom and she had a career in Hollywood where bad things happened to her and that's why she was having an affair and that's why Billy killed her like it does the entire thing for you yeah don't worry you can just show up you can just show up it is scream the ride it is and I that's it and I and I don't come to these movies for stakes I do not come to these like I'm still coping with the loss of Dewey mostly because I think they killed him in a really disrespectful way they they killed him being an idiot Getting distracted yeah, by a cell phone ringing that. and then getting stabbed. There was a much cooler way for you to have killed Dewey. Um, but like, I, 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 I don't want, I don't want Nev Campbell to have been alienated out of her own franchise because she was not offered sufficient money. I hate that. I hate it. But I also don't want her to continue to be in this franchise if it means compromising the safety of Sidney Prescott. 
Yeah. I actually prefer for her to be gone. I think the way they handled Gale and exiting her, I would say, assumingly, from the franchise with this movie, I think they did a really good job with that. But even how, what whatever Gale we got in this movie, it was perfect, I honestly think. But also, we didn't get a ton of her because the focus is the new ensemble. And I don't want to be more tenuously dividing time between the new ensemble and the legacy characters so as to underserve all of them. Right. And, I don't want to do that. And we didn't have that issue this time. No. It was so nice. Because and so, if we had had to bring, if we had had to honor Sydney and Gail by featuring them the way they would deserve to be featured, right. if they were still in the franchise, that would have happened at the expense of maybe the wonderful dinner scene that we get between the core four. Oh moments God, of bonding yeah. that we get between them. Like, moments of distress between them. And I don't want to cheat Sydney out of anything. So I would rather Sydney and Gail be legacied out because it's time for us to not have to worry about doing right by them. Yeah. Because if they got anything less than what they deserved, it would be fucking bullshit. Yeah. And it would impeach the integrity of the entire franchise. So the only way to do that is say goodbye. It's the only way. I agree. Not every sequel has to have all the characters. I don't. No. And I, I think this is a really great way to do I hate why. Hate. I hate. Hate it. Why Nev Campbell isn't in the movie. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Sucks. Um, I think that that's super fucked up. Yeah. And... Not cool. Mm-hmm. It's like, how about you just give that Billie Eilish money to her? Yeah, right? honestly. But I love the movie that was made. Yeah, so it's I do. like, I, I, I think that it's there's also a conversation to be had about like when and how we use our legacy characters. Yeah. yeah. So going back to the moment that I interrupted because it's really important to know that Sam tases that frat boy in the balls. After she alerts him, just a second, I'm just going to tase you in the balls real quick. And then, and then does, does it. Fantastic. And drops him in the middle of his own party. And we see the totally real moment. We see the totally real moment where <clears throat> Tara is super pissed off. She's like, oh my God, you embarrassed me. Like she's mm-hmm. pissed at her sister. But then later she's having a quiet moment with Chad in her bedroom when he's checking on her. And she's like, thanks for not letting me go up those stairs. When Chad does it, it's fine. Oh, but like, when her overprotective sister does it. Right, of course It's not. how fucking dare you. You embarrass me. You have to let me go. And that kind Chekhov's of... let me go, by the way. Yeah, Chekhov's let me like, go. Like, full close-up, look at her in the camera. You have to let me go, Sam. <laughs> and we're like, ding! Yeah, bank... Put, Saving that for later. Put a pin in that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that totally annoying thing where, like, the person who super loves you can offer you the best advice, give you the best guidance, do this, 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 but people just can't... That person cannot hear it from you. Yeah. But when the boy you like does it, then it's like... Thanks for saving me back there. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, when this it's is Mason. The, well, this is the dilemma that I have found myself in my entire life as yeah. being a substitute boyfriend for people who are just waiting around for a boy to show oh, up. Oh, God. Yeah. For, is the... So I, for fuck's sake is... That's you. That's... Yeah. That's... It's <laughs> just like... Like, because Sam is right. I love... And I said that... I leaned over to you in the theater and said this. I love how immediately Sam is proven right in this movie. Because immediately. The, the, the starting conflict between Sam and Tara is... Sam is helicopter momming Tara. Yeah. She, because Sam... By Sam has been linked through like online conspiracy theories. Like, what if she was the real mastermind behind the murders and she pinned it on Richie? Ugh. And she's because she's the daughter of Billy Loomis, she's actually the serial killer here. And Tara, she's like, Sam's going to therapy, she's trying to work through this shit. And Tara is avoidant. Tara's like, Tara, as she says, I'm not gonna let three days of our life define the rest of it. Like, I want to move on, I want to move forward. But Sam doesn't have the luxury of moving forward because she's been implicated in these crimes. Everything keeps pulling her back into what happened in Woodsboro because she has the story going on about her that she is somehow the bad guy. So she doesn't actually have the luxury of moving forward like that, like Tara's trying to, even if she wanted to. Right. And so the beginning of it, we see this like anguish, like I love you, but let me go. And I love the establishing that the relationship tension is like, it feels really sincere to like, I watched five immediately when I came home and like the pledges that Sam makes to Tara in five, like, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never let you go. Like, I'll never leave you again. It's complete. I watched, I was like, shit, they just wrote that straight into sit. Like the problem of six is contingent upon the pledges that Sam makes to Tara in five to take care of her. And I thought that was phenomenal consistency. And that's the kind of, that's the kind of meaningful conflict I want at the heart of a slasher. Is like these two people caring about each other that deeply. Hearing all of this and the, the way that you describe it makes me take everything back that I said about <laughs> when when the party's over. Because <laughs> you're actually just reading the lyrics to that song. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So actually, you know what? Damn. Um, Amazing. Sorry. My bad, guys. My bad. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was perfectly placed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and so when they get home, mm-hmm. and obviously it's on the news, like, hey, by the way, Ghostface is back. <laughs> yeah, and he killed these kids you know. Love, love that for Sam. Yeah, and, like, because, Sam, like, it's Sam's so starting off, she's like, I, you're supposed, like, she calls Tara, like, when she's on her way to the front party, she's like, you're supposed to answer when I call. And then they have their falling out in the street, she's like, you gotta let me go, you're obsessed with me. What do you even do in New York? You're here working two shitty jobs, helping out with rent, what's your fucking future? She's like, she's being brutal to her. And she's just like, I know what I'm here to do, I'm here to get a higher education. What's your goddamn life plan, Sam? Just to bother me for the rest of it? So they're like having it out. And Sam is like, but we've got to deal with it. And also we've got to be careful. Like you can't just run off like that. As soon as they get home, everything Sam has ever said to Tara, justified. All of it. Every single thing. And Jenna's like, Jenna's like, no, maybe it's a coincidence. And everybody, Sam looks and she's like, guys, back me up. And Mason and and Mindy are like, "Mm, it's pretty close to home, Tara. And that's about the most time we spend on that whole diversion, yes. which I love. Thank, Thank God, God the movie was like, cool, check. Yep. Because any, so many other films would be like, let's drag this out right to the end. Yeah. Let's have this be a recurring fight. And then we're going to hate Jen Ortega's character. <laughs> yeah. Because we're going to be like, God, she's just dumb. It but is, instead. It is such a great Jen Ortega line. Because Sam's immediately like, pack a bag, we're leaving in 10. And Tara's like, can we please just take a fucking second before you make a unilateral decision to discontinue my education? Was yeah, like, those Jenna Ortega masterful delivery of a really clunky line. For, yeah, for a right for a normal person. Yeah, from you. <laughs> that's what that's what Tara would say. That's what yeah. That's what Tara this would is say. why you need talent. <laughs> spend this your money is, on talent. Spend your money on talent. This is the Nev Campbell factor, right? Like it's yes, like I a line like that coming out of right. Jenna Ortega. I believe it. Jenna Ortega has the Nev Campbell ability. She does to really chew into something that could be otherwise routine yeah and make it unique to her and special and compelling there are so many and that's moments. the mastery of sydney i couldn't agree more because there's so many moments in the movie where it's like she says a line in a way that i wouldn't have said it or directed it yeah and i'm like perfect yeah god that's how you, you have to do it in a way that's that nobody expects. Yeah. And like, that's what makes her so good at There's this. a moment of like cold killer instinct when she's on the phone. Like she, they're hashing out the final plan for how they're going to like lure in Ghostface. They're going to entrap him. They're going to kill him. It's going to be great. And she's like, we'll get him to this location. She's like, and we'll trap him. And then like, and then we'll trap him. And then the, the guy on the other end of the phone, Detective Bailey, he, he asks, he's like, then what? And she just dryly. And then we execute him. And the yeah. way she says it hits like a hammer yeah and it is like it's a cool line to say but you gotta say there are a couple different ways you could probably approach it to make it hit just right and she found one of those perfect ways to make it sing Uh and it's like this is fucking tara the thing that makes her you know she's good because it all looks effortless it does god she looks easy breezy i uh it's so impressive going back to the killers really quick because i forgot about this moment in the beginning that i did want to mention because when Jason gets home mm-hmm. and he's looking for Greg, his roommate, who was, I guess, the uh, you know the second killer. Yeah, Greg the- and Jason have resolved together that they're gonna be they're gonna do a, a, a Ghostface team up. They're gonna finish Richie's movie, yeah. so they have to kill the Carpenter sisters. And Laura Crane was a warm up kill for Jason. Yeah, so these she was guys their professor. Just, yeah, these guys are. Fu- she he gave her she a gave C- him like a C on his giallo paper. Yeah, which in their by the way, it was a slasher class from what I understood, so it should have gotten a C. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Jason wasn't paying attention to the class. Yeah, so read like, the syllabus, Jason. Jason definitely thought he knew better than the professor and was like, no, 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 she'll love this. And by the way, having taught a slasher class, those bitches always want to bring Argento into this. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? Leave him out of here. He's in all the other film classes. We get He's one. In all of the we other get one film classes class about slashers. Just <laughs> let it be about slashers. Yeah, and so yeah, then we, so we meet them opens back the in the fridge. Yeah, and we get um, Greg's head in the fridge Greg, amongst yeah. other body parts. Oh, yeah, Greg's but, head, all all his parts. Why I bring it up again, one other Easter egg moment, but Jason in Friday the 13th part two, Mm -hmm. um, there's this one moment where the final girl now lives in a city. Oh, okay. And she's in her apartment and she's like having this whole long intro and she opens up the fridge and there's a, there's a decapitated head in the fridge of, you know, the woman she killed in the last movie. Um, And that's where Jason pops up Mm -hmm. and kills. And so it is also a nice little homage to that. And I'm like, ah, I love it because what I think this movie does really well in that, and this is why I bring it up. It's the right amount of meta in mm. Scream Six, mm-hmm. and it, they do it in two layers, right? Because there's the there's the homage without beating you over the head with it, like going to every single movie and having a character be named Carpenter with the last name. Yeah, I God. hate that kind of homage. Yeah, and me and too. we had a really great discussion about it the last time we talked about Scream. Yeah. 
We don't get that this movie. In this movie, it's actual homage. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not just naming characters after like um, after men. Yeah. You know, <laughs> after men. <laughs> it's like actual like film love. Yeah. And you you feel it. The second thing that they do is it's actually right. The things that Mindy says, like while I love all the things Mindy says in Scream Five. A requel, nobody was calling it that. Nobody was calling right? it that. And it felt like it was forcing a lot of things to be meta. Yeah. Um, by inventing them. In this movie, it felt spot on. Everything she says about franchises, when she says that even towards the end when she shows up and she's like, did I miss the monologue yeah. again? Moments like that make this fun. And I don't ever need another rules monologue ever again. But I enjoy Jasmine Savoy Brown so much in how she plays Mindy. I'm happy to watch her go. Yeah. Go hard on a scene. I never need to hear a rules model. I don't need them. Well, I didn't need it in the last movie. And honestly, even though I love her, didn't like it. This movie? This was better than the last one. She was right. Well, and also, because like, as we discussed last time, I don't, I don't like those characters in that scene. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just like, this is the new, this is the best we could do for our new, like, heroes. It was like. And it's the third act where I'm like, oh, I fucking love these people. But up to that point, I was like, I'm not with you enough. To enjoy your pedantic behavior right now. Scream 5 is like, have you ever watched Saved by the Bell of New Class? I haven't, but I heard it's really, it was really good. Yeah, it gets good. Okay. But the, when you when you go from the last Saved by the Bell, <laughs> yeah. right, with, with that class that you love. Oh my God. And then you go to the new class and you're like, this is it. This is it, yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And so I feel like this time it's, they're finally like allowed to sing because yeah. they're given good material. Yeah. I hate to, I mean, because they're all clearly talented. Mm-hmm. But the material that they're given is better. Well, and, and it, it, I think it's a real testament to, like, clearly, like, I like what these directors make. Me too. I like oh, their movies. Same. And I think they're very talented. So I think it really emphasizes the difficult lift that Scream 5 was because of the yeah. ways in which it felt, the ways in which it did clunk for me a bit. It was like, I believe you guys are better than the parts of 5 I don't love. But I also know the... the ties you had around your hands to marry yeah 20 years of heritage with being like and hey it's our own thing too with all three of your key legacy characters the trinity and deputy judy and being in woodsboro like that is origin stories are fucking hard no matter what and the origin story with a legacy story having to be both entertaining and coherent and logical like, that's fucking hard. Right. I still think the Billy Loomis thing is the biggest bunch of shit imaginable. Oh my God, leave it, guys. Fucking, listen, I know you're listening right now. You love our podcast. You love our podcast. You, you, you wake love up. our award-nominated podcast. You love, you've already sent in 10 votes to Rondo for <laughs> yeah. us. Mr. Rondo. Mr. Rondo, he's, he's collecting our votes. So just hear us out. Leave, leave him. No more. We don't Let need CGI. Sam dropping that mask be it that's it don't let her touch another reflective surface no don't let her look longingly into a mirror into nope. uh into a glass case i, I don't want her see, to look at it i want to see tara punch her in the face if she starts looking at a mirror longer than five seconds yes i want tara to check her yeah absolutely hey 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 sam are you doing that thing where you're listening to your dead dad yeah yeah like we talked about girl, this I fucking no it's the third. It's the third movie. Yeah, we're not doing that this time. I like rewatching five. I, I had I had more. I I was able to I was able to enjoy the entirety of five more as opposed to just like the second half. I was able to enjoy the entirety of five more, knowing how much I love six because yes. I was like I know where this is going. So yeah. it freed me up to really like settle into it more. But I I was like it is an abomination that they put this Billy Loomis bullshit in any like fine have her have baggage around her dad being Billy Loomis sure but this like. I hallucinate him and I might genetically be disposed to being a serial killer too was bad the first time I saw it. It remains awful. It's, and bringing it into number six is incon- unconscionable. It, it makes me think like... What the fuck? What's the deal? Were they like... Do they have some sort of contract? That's, does, that's does he a, have like a three-picture contract where he has to appear as the dead dad? What was the deal that like Spyglass had to strike to get the rights to these movies? Is there like a writer in there that's like, you must say Billy Loomis this many times I, in order to fulfill? It's like you, have, like you have to put out this many albums to fulfill your contract. Do you have to say Billy Loomis and see him in CGI this many times to make your screen movies? 
It's it, he. Billy Loomis is the Candyman of Scream. Because nothing, nothing in either of those movies is as stupid as the Billy Loomis thing. So it no. feels so crazy as an outlier. It's still so cringy too. Like we're so sitting here and everybody's cringy. just waiting for it to be over. Every I nobody's cannot... like nobody's like oh yeah like look and I went to well okay I didn't see it with straight people because we went to West Hollywood and it was everybody was there was just got out of the gym. Nobody whoops for Billy. Nobody, they, nothing. They, you might even get a little shout out for Deputy Judy. Oh, yeah. Sheriff Judy in number five. Yeah, I, but a little like, woo? A little woo. But definitely I'm, I'm though. I'm screaming for, De- for Sheriff Judy. I actually like. I yeah, find Sam. When Her I watch, and Nicole Kidman. When I watched five, <laughs> when I watched five again, I was like, I'm actually not going to watch any of the Wes Sheriff Judy part because it makes me too sad. Yeah. I like left and I made dinner while the whole sequence of like Wes getting killed and Ugh. Sheriff Judy getting killed. So I was like, actually, this is too sad. It's rough. I can't do it. I, I, I can't watch Dewey being killed, and I can't watch those two either. I'm like, this is just merciless, man. But you know what? You can watch Skeet Ulrich come back. You just want him again and again. I wish I could. I wish they could kill the it ghost like, of Skeet. I wish like, they could kill the ghost of Billy Loomis. I would love to watch him die again. I get the feeling that I get, like, when I watch Cats and James Corden shows up. Yeah. That's how I feel when I see Skeet Ulrich show up in Scream 6. In Scream 6. six. A character who died in 1. In 1996. In 1996 unbelievable i can't believe it and it's so and it's so because it only exists for say it has nothing to do with anybody else it doesn't serve it doesn't serve the plot it serves nothing Mm -mm. he doesn't even say anything interesting like (laughs) no he doesn't like he and and again like watching five this felt even more egregious to me like i was angry at the time but it was like the almost image rehabilitation that it does of billy by like him basically saving her and parenting her at the last moment it's like no, Billy's a rapist and a killer. Yeah. Billy's a rapist. Billy's nobody's hero. Yeah. And they, they, he, like, at the end of that movie, when he gets, like, a, like, a, a paternal oh, that little wink. nod. Yeah. Like, he nods at her in a mirror. It's like, no, we're not going to have him go off into the sunset as, like, the father she never had. Yeah. He's a rapist and a murderer. And they certainly have him here. Like, he's saying crazy shit. Like, you know, grab a knife and clear this fucking place yourself. Like, we're going to, like, fuck some motherfuckers up. Like, he's clearly not, like, a good guy. Yeah. But it's just useless. It just doesn't matter. Like, she could be having an existential challenge looking at the costume, the murder costume of her father, and be like, this is really fucking me up. Yeah. Like, she could have a difficult time wanting to grab onto that knife because she doesn't want to be connected to this thing that is horrible and terrible and disgusting. She doesn't have to be afraid of being it to not want to be associated with the legacy of somebody who hurt people and killed people. So, you know, for Scream 7, I just, you know, it's the have Sam Carpenter look at her past without Billy being involved challenge. That's it. How about she just looks longingly at anything? At anything. Quietly. <laughs> yeah, quietly. Right, that's it. That's it. The moment ends. I, I'll, 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 th- I'll put things in there in my head. And since we since we are on legacy, but, oh please, really just just to tie because even despite those things, I'd say that the that the Billy is the only real clunky anchor only to the past where the last one had a lot to deal with, as you point you said, yeah. and so I think that this shows this because interestingly to me, despite because this is allowed to be its own movie and because it can just be the thing that it is, they yeah. really are able to succeed. They and are. yet. To me, it feels like the most Wes Craven entry ever. No, I think that's a really good point. And so it's like, just by freeing them up to be themselves, they're able to be true to the series in a way that feels more authentic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and less contrived. But And does, at the same time, still feel specific to these new writer-directors. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It's yeah. like a feat. That, yeah. So, I interrupted. Where were no, you going to go? I was going to say, like, I feel like we have to, now that we're in, like, that, since we were talking about old ca- Guys... Kirby lives. Kirby lives. And the way she is brought in, I think is so fantastic. The way that Hayden Panettiere slips right back in to that Kirby way of talking, mm-hmm. that specific Kirby like drawl that she the has. The motionless bottom lip to chin. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's happening. Nothing. It's, it's Love it. Un, it's so heartening to see her again. I think they do like she is she's the FBI. She's the bad bitch FBI mm-hmm. agent who's there to invest because as she's expressed like she has uh she has a history with these crimes. She has a uh, particular interest in Ghostface. I love when Sam sees her in the police department and she's like Kirby? Like Yep. Great. And they perfect. hugged. Yep. And Tara looks confused because Tara's so much younger and she's like what? <laughs> like who the fuck's Kirby? Thank God they have a history because I was like, "Oh my god, do we have to go through Kirby's history right now?" <laughs> yeah. And we didn't. <laughs> we did it. That's so nice. We did. Thank it. God they saved all that time for Skeet. Yeah, they, yeah, <laughs> just we, what we needed. And but, I, yeah. But having Kirby be the FBI agent, yeah, that's the only way to get me to like a cop. 
that was and that's it's it's a it's a it's a it's a reasonable way it's a it's a it's a realistic way to be like this person dealt with being as she explains to tara she dealt with being powerless by in her way taking power for herself and being like i didn't want to be scared anymore like i didn't want to be hunted like she she wanted to be a good guy with a gun yeah and you know in the case of horror movies and in the case of kirby I will root for that. I will root for that good guy with a gun. And I hate when a legacy character comes back and it's so shoehorned in. And yeah. guess what? She's not. No. They give her... She's a full character with agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, earns her screen time. Yeah. Has a great moment where it's like, is she going to fuck Mindy? Oh my God. The, the chemistry between yeah. Kirby and Mindy. Uh, Kirby, who has always seemed gay. Scream 7. Well, that's, that's the Scream 7 prediction, right? Because she obviously knows that we all read her character as gay. And <laughs> we all know that Jasmine Savoy Brown was... In Queer for Fear. Yeah. And um, is gay. And, and you can tell from her shirt that says Lavender Menace that she did her interview before she recorded, she filmed this movie. <laughs> okay. And I'm just saying, look, there has to have been a conversation on set because those two played that scene like they were going to fuck. Oh yeah. The sparks which, are flying. So part seven, my prediction, those two, going to be an item. I would, that would be amazing. I don't want this to be headcanon. I want this to be canon I want this to be real. I would love for, I would love for Kirby and Mindy to find a way. I, I, and I, because of... How they work her in, like you said, it doesn't feel like they're forcing a situation. Mm-hmm. This is a person who logically could be in this situation with them. And it's not yes. like, well, hey guys, is there anybody else who we could, like, they don't get a mysterious text message from somebody who are like, how'd you get my number? It's like, I'm a friend. And yeah. she's just like somebody who lives in a basement and is obsessed with these crimes and like could never move on sort of thing. Like, no, she, she is somebody who moved forward and who dealt with it and who now in the responsibilities of her job could be reasonably expected to be involved in this law enforcement situation here. It just, it makes sense. That is it for this half of the Ox Tyrion Scream 6 special episode. But tune in for our next drop so you can catch part two of mine and Sam's scintillating discussion.